In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the Sacrament. Amen. This weekend kicks off with a handful of verses from the book of Sirach. The author is writing to a young man, encouraging him how to live an upright and righteous life in the world. The key virtue being highlighted is humility. Humble yourself the more, the greater you are, and you will find favor with God. That'll come into play when we consider our gospel passage, but before we do, we need to look at our second reading, which is an excerpt from the letter to the Hebrews. Now, for the last two weekends, we've heard from chapter 12 of this letter, and we continue in that chapter this Sunday with a contrast of two mountains, Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. Like a classic middle school compare and contrast essay, the author wants to show how each of these two mountains has God's presence, but the difference between Sinai and Zion is in God's accessibility. The letter's author tells his audience that they have not approached that which could be touched in a blazing fire and gloomy darkness and storm and a trumpet blast and a voice speaking words such that those who heard them begged that no message be further addressed to them. Here, he's describing the events of Moses approaching Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 19. Moses received the law from God on Mount Sinai, but all the while, the people were told that whoever touches the mountain will surely be put to death. In fact, not even so much as an animal could approach Sinai. And if so, that animal had to be stoned to death. The presence of God on Sinai was so awe-inspiring that the people begged that no message be further addressed to them. But God's presence on Mount Sion is in contrast to this presence on Sinai. The heavenly Jerusalem is described as a place with countless angels in festal gathering and an assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven. And here, when the author describes the assembly of the firstborn, the word he uses in Greek is actually ecclesia, from which we get the word iglesia in Spanish and church in English. So what's the ultimate difference between the two mountains in this compare and contrast essay of our second reading? God is still awe-inspiringly holy in both places, but on the first mountain, Sinai, the sinfulness of the people meant they wouldn't even dare to approach the all-holy God. The second mountain, Mount Zion, has a mediator between God and the people. It's Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. In the words of St. Alphonsus, If your evil doing shouts against you, the Redeemer's blood cries aloud in your favor, and divine justice cannot but listen to what this blood says. Be thinking of a wedding reception when you hear our gospel passage, because Jesus is talking about seating assignments in our excerpt from Luke's gospel. He's been invited into the house of a Pharisee on a Sabbath, and it becomes the occasion for him to teach about choosing places to sit at a meal. When it came to former meals in the ancient world, seating was very important, and usually the host of the meal would assign each guest a seat, taking into account that person's social status. Think of it sort of like being at a wedding reception and finding the table and seat with your name. Most of the time, it's already a sign for you, right? But at this meal, in which Jesus has been invited, for whatever reason, the host seems to have let his guests choose where they wanted to sit. Roman and Greek customs differed a bit on which was the best seat in the house, but by and large, the center of the room was the prime spot. And ordinarily, toasts were offered to those sitting in the best seats, so those places of honor could anticipate receiving heaps of praise. But Jesus says that these places of honor, with their heaps of praise, shouldn't be sought out at banquets. And then he proceeds to give an example of how this could lead to an embarrassing situation 
if someone more important came along. What we should also establish about meals back in the time of Jesus is that accepting a dinner invitation from someone always meant that that invitation was expected to be returned. In fact, sometimes guests would refuse dinner offers from others simply because they knew they couldn't adequately return the favor. If you invited me, I had to invite you back. And it's in this spirit, then, that towards the end of the gospel, Jesus instructs those gathered at this meal to invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. These people, because of their states in life, wouldn't be able to return the favor of a dinner. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you, Jesus says, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year C. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.